This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Mark Stiles, your host. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston Chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization, this is Leadership in Action. Hey, folks, welcome back to Leadership in Action, your Boston Chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization podcast. Today's guest, we are very excited to have with us. She is an entrepreneur, inventor, and leader in the luxury goods and jewelry industry. She comes from an accounting background. She's included on a list of Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies this year. That's nationwide, folks. She was a semifinalist in the Urson Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2018. She is the founder of The Mat, has a patent, and because of that, was featured on NBC's Today Show and, wait for it, Shark Tank in April of 2021. She's the founder and CEO of Tiny Tags. You've probably heard of it. Meryl Streep wears it. Please welcome Melissa Clayton. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You ready to get right into it? Let's do it. All right. Like every episode, we start with the same question. What is a common misconception about leadership and or being an entrepreneur? Melissa. For me, my experience is that the misconception is that you have to work 100 hours a week being an entrepreneur. And I think for leadership that you have to be you can't be vulnerable. Uh, I like saying that I think that has changed a lot. When I think of my days in corporate America, there was definitely like a wall between leadership, it felt, and the team. And I feel like that is no longer the case. And that's definitely more my style. So on the Instagram where the in influencers are grind, 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 you got to work 100 hours a week. You got to go, go, go. That's not necessarily true all the time. For me, and I think that speaks a lot to my value system. I think if you were to do a deep dive into my childhood and my father being an entrepreneur and working insane amount of hours, and I knew that was not the journey that I wanted. So for me, and like everything, there's a give and take and there's a trade-off. And for me, that was, I wasn't going to work a hundred hours or work, work a hundred hours a week because my value, I think I, my time is more precious to me than anything else. I love that. I love that. Tell me, tell me more about vulnerability. I'm very curious your thoughts on vulnerability. I think, you know, I've heard it's called the new superpower. I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. And for me, being vulnerable, you know, and it also speaks to the business that I am in. Our whole entire business of Tiny Tags is centered around celebrating children, uh, every woman's unique journey of motherhood. And if you are not vulnerable there, you're just not going to connect with your audience. And so much for Tiny Tags for me, and I think what has led to our success is my own personal journey. Very much what Tiny Tags is, is a lot of my own personal story. And I think when me sharing that has allowed me to connect with our community and there, you know, the word authentic is thrown around so much. Um, and I'm authentic without trying to be. I'm not trying to be authentic. I'm just being me. And Isn't I that think funny. Yeah. 
So I think that has um, allowed me to connect with our audience and our community on a much deeper level. I love it. I'm not trying to be authentic. I am authentic. I'm being authentic by being authentic. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it because it's it's what people connect with. Tell us about Tiny Tags because I'm not truly familiar with the concept and the mission and values and all of that. Sure. I'll give you the quick version because I've been around for a while. Um, as, as you said, I used to be a CPA. I was um, I loved business. I love accounting. I did not like crunching numbers all day. And I never thought I'd be a stay-at-home mom, never thought I'd quit my job. I grew up with my father. It was like, you don't depend on anyone. You take care of yourself. Um, and then I had our first son and I decided to quit my job. And kind of always never being someone that sits still, I wanted, I had my son and I really just was like this new mom beaming with pride and joy. And wanting something to celebrate him and let everyone know that I was this new mom. So I had seen some moms wearing necklaces with their kids' names on it. And I was like, I can make those. So <clears throat> this is over 16 years ago. Um, Google was not what it was. And I basically came up with this. I found a handset, started making them my own. And very organically for like five years, I was ma- I started making jewelry. And there's a backstory I'll tell you later. But um, so I started doing that. Then we were living on the West Coast at the time. We moved back east. Um, and lucky for me, Rhode Island and um, Southern Massachusetts has huge history of jewelry making. And we started to outsource all our jewelry manufacturing. And around probably seven years ago, after a series of listening to different books and what have you and reading different books, really decided to focus on just moms. So tiny tags we make now Um Absolutely gorgeous, fine, personalized jewelry just for moms. Really focusing on moms wearing their kids' names. We can do back engraving with their birthdays or birth times. Um, and really talking about the gift of a child. Um, you know, I don't want to, I can go on and on, but it's really, um, it's about motherhood. It's about children. It's about remembering what matters in life. And yeah, I, I believe that our community, you know, you hold your tiny tags when those days when you think, oh my gosh, all this noise matters in life. And it's this very centering piece. It still is for me after all these years of um, of what matters in life. Wow. Okay. Now I know what tiny tags is all about. And I'm <laughs> fully in. I love it. I love the the visual of what holding what really matters, right? There it is. Yeah. When I'm anxious or I'm nervous or something is causing distress or I think, how am I going to get through this? Boom. I love that. I love it. So tell us about the journey. How did you grow from, you know, this Google wasn't what it was. I mean, how did you start selling them? So really the first, you know, five years, six years, it was just sort of that very cliche, like mom on the kitchen counter, I was never someone that, um, you know, my my me time when my kids were younger, when my husband came home from work is I wanted to work on the business. Um, and I instantly, what drew me to the business, not only did I think I grew up with this entrepreneurial bug for sure, was the connections I was making with moms. A lot of transactions were happening through email and phone in the beginning. And the first necklace I made, probably the first or second was for a mom that lost her child. And her name was Reggie. Um, Her son was Aiden. And 
she impacted me and she still does. I'm still friends with her on Facebook. I got to meet her in person and her and I became, we're living on the West coast and her and I became like email buddies and she was sharing her grief with me and no one, unless you've been through that, I think can truly understand that sort of grief. Um, and that connection just made me, it, it tapped into something and it made me always on a different level, I think, um, appreciate my own child. Um, her son and my son, Tyler, were the same age. So when I would talk to my son at night, I was always thinking of Aiden and, and Reggie that she didn't get this. So it was, it just impacted my whole, how I viewed motherhood every day with my kids when it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, the kids are, you know, doing this and that to always think of Reggie. Like, you know what? She would do anything to pick up a sweatshirt. She would do anything to deal with a screaming kid. Um, so that really impacted me and my journey and really what tiny tags became. Um, because of that early interaction. Wow. Wow. So the values, the missions are, are really, really clear. Wow. So where's Tiny Tags now? Help us understand where you're at now and where you're going, maybe the North Star. Or yeah. Something. So we started, you know, the first, you know, five, six years, really small. Um, the last six, seven years, we've had amazing growth and it's been, I mean, you know, my husband joined six years ago and that was a pivotal moment um, where I really begged him. I said, quit your job. He was also in SCPA. <clears throat> and I said, I really feel like if you take all the operations and finance off of, off of my plate and I just focus on sales and marketing, I can really make something of this, of this business. Um, so where we are today, we are a team of eight. We're down like three people. Um, all our jewelry is made in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. So we have amazing business partners that um, help us produce our jewelry. And we sell online. And then we also sell in Nordstrom. We sell Pottery Barn Kids. Um, I'm not allowed to say, but we have a huge um, third-party event happening on April 6th um, that I think will really bring our business to a whole other level. So it's this bespoke collection for major retailers. So we're really excited about that. Um, and we just want to continue to grow. I feel like we can be a $100 million business. I, you know, we've never taken outside money. Is that to say that I wouldn't? Um, I think right now when my kids were young, I want to control my time. But, you know, they're in high school now. I can see, um, you know, in the next few years, wanting to take it to the next level because I'll have more time. So. Wow. Wow, I love that. 100 million. I love that goal. So I have to ask you, strictly curious. I hope all of the listeners are equally curious. Shark Tank. Like, yeah. <laughs> give, give us the play by play, like behind the scenes, everything. So the other part, I have this invention. So I'll give you oh. a quick backstory. I've always had a small bathroom. Um, apartments in Boston, hair dryer. If you're a woman out there, or if you're a man, have having watched your wife or girlfriend get ready, hair dryer on the toilet bowl, makeup around the edges of the sink, falls in the sink on the floor. And I said there has to be an easier way, and came up with the idea of something that would go over your sink to create a counter. Um, my husband and my father-in-law, who is a very handy um, engineer type brain, they came up with this fold. And we came up with this six panel contraption with this bow leather, and it basically folds um, up to the size of an iPad. But when it unfolds, it lays over pretty much any sink. 
Um, and we call it the MAT, M-A-T-T-E. And I applied for Shark Tank uh, 2016, made it to the second round, didn't get it. Reapplied in 2019. We filmed in 2020 and aired last 2021. Um, and it was during COVID. I had a quarantine for nine days in Vegas, which for someone like me is the a huge deal breaker. And originally, I was like, I can't do it. Um, they said that, you know, it's really good accommodations. So went filmed, obviously it was incredibly nerve wracking. We did a deal on TV. Um, it did not happen in real life. Um, so we did a deal with Lori on TV and then things did not pan out, um, after the show, um, ended. So, but it was amazing. It was amazing. Really interesting. So that aired in April of 2021. Yes. So we yes. could probably search, search that up, folks. I can't wait to go back and watch that. So this is this is not Tiny Tags. You didn't bring Tiny Tags to Shark Tank. You brought this invention, this separate, distinct yes. invention. Tell us about that. Yeah, I didn't. I I really, and they're, they're very adamant on the show that if you're going to go on there, you really have to want to make a deal. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just too protective of tiny tags. I know the first thing an investor would say is you have to go up to the bridal market. You have to go up to the dads. There's all these other markets you can get into. And tiny tags is just too um, close to my heart right now. Um, and I wouldn't want to share it with anyone. I love it. The, so, riches, the riches are in the niches I've heard before. So yes, <laughs> they focused on that. Well, wow, that's that's really interesting. Let's talk about you as a kid. You started to talk about your father. Your father worked a lot of hours. What was he doing? My dad had three, I think it is, soft, uh, software companies growing up. Um, very successful entrepreneur and just passionate beyond passionate. Um, my husband will always say, I've never met anyone like your dad. <laughs> so wow. Um, and I, and I love it. I grew up stuffing envelopes. I grew up going to the office cleaning, you know, you're not going to pay for a janitor when you first start out. So my sister and I were the janitors. We stuffed the envelopes. We went to trade shows. So very much grew up, um, watching my husband, my, my, excuse me, my dad grow his businesses. So, so when and where was that? That was in Massachusetts and that was what in the eighties, I guess, you know, in the, okay. in the time of like Wang. Um, you know, deck <laughs> all those old school computer companies. Uh, so by that early, part of that era. So early, yeah. early adopting software sales yeah. company entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, but worked a lot. You saw that and said, "I need more balance than that." Yes, and I think you know, I my mom lived in New York, so I grew up with my dad, which I think is always unusual, especially in that time. Um, and I think when I became a mom, I, I never was never someone that dreamt about being a mom, to be quite frank. And I think that's probably a little bit because my mother, my view of motherhood was probably pretty skewed. And then I had my son and I have an aunt that I've always looked up to. And she said to me, you either pay now or you pay later when it comes to kids. Like if you're not there, um, you know, kids need a parent. And I, it's kind of a little bit. And not that it has to be the mom, but or the or it doesn't have to be the mom. But I do think kids need a parent to show up. Um, and I think see, and my dad did his best, you know. But you know, when when my son was born, my dad brought the computer into the hospital room, and I'm like, okay, enough wow. is enough, <laughs> you know. 
And I just remember him calling my dad, are you coming home from work? And I mean, at, and listen, I understand he had to do that. His entire life was banking on the business. Um, and I think, you know, at the time he didn't have a choice, right? He was a single dad where I feel like I, my husband and I, you know, we felt like, you know, when I, when he, when, he, when I quit work, he worked. And then when I was like, okay, let me take a go at Terry Tags, he quit his job. So you know, we, there's a little bit more balance in now than there probably was back then that both people have the opportunity to make money. Um, so anyway, so yeah, did I lose answer the question? So yeah, you totally, so, uh, you totally did. And you know, it brings me to like a whole nother rabbit hole completely is, yeah. you know, you learn from people, you learn the good from people, but then you learn, you know, I don't really want to do that. Like that right. didn't look fun. So you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not looking to do that. So tell me about your husband joining. That's really exciting. Family biz now. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, you know, and I'm always really transparent. Also, it was really probably the biggest struggle in our marriage. We married 20, it'll be 21 years this May. Um, and we're definitely best friends. It was always, I, I always feel like I was somebody when people said that marriages work, I was like, what are you talking about? This is like easy peasy. Um, and when we started to work together with COVID, it was like, okay, wow, this is a lot of time together. Um, but I'm really proud of us that we've really worked through those bumps. And I feel like we're stronger on the other side. And there's no one else I'd rather grow the business with because I trust him more than anyone. Um, so he does all operations finance. He's our CFO. And we are truly probably perfect partners because I am shoot from the hip, super doing 20 things at a time. And he is very methodical, very thoughtful. So when I like, oh, gosh, we got to do this. And I kind of gravitate to the next shiny object. He's great at sort of pulling me back, making me think it through, making me take that pause. So, um, so yeah, so it's been great. So you don't find a lot of accountant sales and marketing, you know, combo. How did you find yourself studying accounting when you were a kid? Um, well, I was a philosophy major undergrad. That might okay. answer a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, I loved religion. I went to UMass Amherst and my dad was like, they didn't have theology as a major. My dad's like, we'll do philosophy. And I was like, okay. And I really did love philosophy. I loved like, why are we here? All that stuff. I'm still love all that, like Eckhart Tolle stuff. Um, and so I, I was working, I graduated UMass during the recession, was working at a bank. And my dad was like, okay, you got to do something. Went to Northeastern at night for business school and loved accounting because it was the language of business. So they had a great program where you basically got an MS in accounting and MBA in 18 months. And I did an internship at Cooper's and Librand, got a job offer. And then I went to work for PwC. But, you know, you do audit and tax. Um, and that was pretty boring. And I said, I knew I needed to break out. Um, so I was like, maybe I can sell financial software. That was my thought. So then I worked at Oracle. Um, and then I had Tyler and then I quit. <laughs> and then I sort of, you know, I think I always say I fell into the jewelry business. But now when I think of what it has meant to me, I don't think it was an accident. Um, that someone that whose mother struggled to show up is now in the business of celebrating children, connecting with mothers. I'm like, that's not a coincidence. So no. And I've, I, I was watching that thread come together too. And it must really give you an amazing amount of purpose. Um, 
by the way, I may have been in one of those philosophy classes out in Amherst <laughs> at the same time. I, on the other hand, didn't really enjoy the philosophy class. I was like taking it and wondering, why am I here? But now, as I grow and become wiser, I mean, I read the Stoics every morning, right? So it's really yeah. interesting how we can evolve. But you bring up such an interesting point of of the trajectory in life, right? So where something takes you. And we find that a lot in conversations with folks is, you know, there's a moment in time that was pivotal enough that I went the direction that I went. And it sounds like having Tyler was that moment in time, you know, you didn't see yourself necessarily as a stay-at-home mom, maybe thinking, okay, what's the next move, right? So I'm going to stay home for X amount of weeks and then I'm going to fill in the blank and then yep. boom. Yeah, I think, and I'm like, I can't cry here is, um, you know, when the whole time I was pregnant with Tyler I and he was going to go to daycare and it's not to say that daycare is a bad choice or anything. Um, I never thought once about that. I would fall in love with him. Like I never thought about loving him. I actually, like, I remember Mike and I were married for two years. I'm like, well, I guess we have kids now. That's what you do. <laughs> but I was never someone that wanted, thought about being a mom. And I think probably it was a lot because of my own motherhood. My own mom is I didn't, uh, I didn't have, I didn't have a baby shower. Cause I was like, I don't want to celebrate this. Like, this is just going to be something that's going to happen. And I'm going to move on. Um, and I think once I, when I did have Tyler and something kicked in, it was, um, it made me understood my, it, it brought up so much because it made me think about my own mother and her struggles. And it was like, wow, I know she loved me, but then for her not to show up, it's, and you realize, and, and that's where with Tony Texas today is I learned my mother not showing up had to do about her, not me. Um, and when you realize that moms have to love themselves first, then you could show up for your child. And that's where my mother's, um, her pain came from is never loving herself. And I see now her, her not showing up was because she actually probably thought that was best for us. She, they're better off with their dad because I'm not able to show up for them. Um, so anyway, so this is that vulnerability thing you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, superpower. I'm not a very good crier and talker, so I I need to be able to not cry. I knew this was going to be a great episode, <laughs> and thank you for that. One of the things I've learned at as a member of EO is vulnerability. I always struggled with vulnerability, and it truly is the superpower. And you get into these forums, these groups within within the chapter and you know it's it's sacred it's confidential and you're talking with people who share an understanding of what you're going through as a business owner leader entrepreneur that sometimes we feel like we're on islands yeah i am fish out of water i don't even know who to talk to about this and that's right of uh eo so how do we get you how do we get you in (laughs) what's it gonna take let me see what would what would uh, Shark Tank say? Um, <laughs> so funny. So that's interesting too about Shark Tank that you know you think those deals are deals, but you know it's it, we're not signing contracts on TV, right? We got yeah. more negotiating to do, probably, right? 
Yeah, and I'll tell you one little tidbit that, and now it's been so long, no one's going to come after me. Is so that's the limitation. Is that so? Lori's um, people called me. You know, we talked to them after the show aired, and then we no one we didn't we sent them all the paperwork, and then we didn't hear from anyone. And I think it was truly an error on their part. Two days before the show airs, they call, and they're like, "Hey, we're not going to do the deal." But by the way, you should raise your prices. I was like, I think I said on TV that it was $24.99. And he's like, you have no business at $24.99. you got to raise it to $34.99. I'm like, you want me to raise it $10? And he's like, yep, you'll be fine. Some people complain, but who cares about them? You need to raise. And he was right. Um, so we did. We raised our prices to $34.99 the day before it aired, which was crazy for us. Huh. So you pitched it at twenty four ninety nine, and then it aired, and it was thirty four ninety nine. Thirty four ninety nine. Yeah, but he was right. We didn't have a business at twenty four ninety nine. Um, because building the profit, right? Yeah, we the shipping costs, everything. He's like, you need to you need to raise your prices. So we did, and then I, we and we never turned it. We never reduced them. We stayed at thirty four ninety nine. Would they have done the deal at thirty four ninety nine? I don't know. I, you know, in their in their um, credit, it, the mat is a product, not a business. So I understood why they did. They walked away. But an interesting product. Like I see that as a amazing product, right? I've um, I know I, your visual was perfect. I've seen that. I've seen yeah the hair dryer and the makeup and the sink and the where do I go? Right. Um, in all honesty, I because I I try to do both at once and I can't. So yeah, yeah. the the mat truly is run by my eighteen year old son. He it sell we sell it on Amazon, we sell it on the website, um, and I would love some is crazy enthusiastic person to come along and be like, hey, let me really work at this because it is an amazing product. I use mine every single day. Um, the people that get it get it. Um, and the people that, you know, they use it every single day and it is right. I mean, last year we did 200 grand and we didn't do anything. It literally just sat on Amazon and through the wow. algorithm, um, that's my son's job. He sends it into Amazon and it ships and every now and then someone will TikTok it and we'll have crazy sales. Um, but it's a shame that we're not doing more with it, to be honest. What do you do outside of work and, and family and stuff like what are your outside passions i'm working on them um cool. i do i am trying to cook more and my i have three boys in high school that all play sports so i'm trying to make better meals for them i feel like i have three years the new joke in the family is i'm like when you bring home your college friends and you're gonna say oh my mom makes x y and z and i'm working on what that meal is gonna be uh, I mean, I cook every night, but it's like the chicken, the sausage is sort of boring. Um, but I play tennis. I've been trying. I do a lot of yoga. Um, I was proud of myself. I went to yoga last night, actually. So really working to stay physical. I know the how important that is to feel good. Um, and I like to read. I, I, I tried. We just went away on vacation. And I'm in the bookstore at the, at the airport. I'm like, just buy a, a, a fiction book. Don't buy a business book. And I bought the business book. But that's okay. <laughs> but that excites you, right? So I, I'm the same way. My wife says the same thing. Can't you just check out and read non, you know, something that's not business, right? Something right. fiction. And I'm like, but I enjoy this. Like I right. enjoy absorbing something new. Um, the Art of Impossible was the latest one. I, t I tend to listen. I'm an audible guy, which is why okay. I love 
podcast so much, but the art of impossible I listened to recently and it was, it was mind blowing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The art of impossible. So Melissa, most importantly, how can someone who wants to connect with you reach out and connect with you? Uh, well, they can email me. I love sharing my emails, Melissa at tinytags.com, um, LinkedIn, obviously. And then as far as tiny tags, our website is tinytags.com. Um, and our Instagram is at tinytags. My personal Instagram is at Melissa M. Clayton, I should know my own Instagram <laughs> handle. Um, but really, email is the best as well as uh, LinkedIn. So. Uh, Liam and the team at Ringmaster will will put those in the show notes for you all. So don't freak out if you're walking your dog or you're running or or what have you. Um, you can punch right through on the on the show notes. Melissa, thank you very much. Thank you for sharing, being vulnerable, and and having an amazing conversation with me. Thank you. I certainly appreciate it, Mark. Well, folks, that's that's it. I hope you learned something. If you did, if you laughed. If you cried, share this with somebody, let them know about Melissa and we'll see everybody next time. This has been another amazing episode of Leadership in Action, your Boston chapter of EO's podcast. See you soon. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.